Hello and welcome to According to John. Today we're going to be talking about, hey, you can't judge me. Judge not lest you be judged. That's right. So who, only God can judge That's me. That's the verse, the only verse in all the Bible that everybody knows. <laughs> Even if they don't believe the Bible, they quote that one. Hey, don't believe the Bible, don't know the Bible, but they know. Judge not lest you be judged. You can't judge me. What gives you the only God can judge me? Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Why don't you introduce us today, John? So everybody knows who I am your to. host, John Westfall. This is my co-host, my partner, my Cheech and Chong. <laughs> Little older brother. The older From another mother. mother. From another mother. Pastor Duke Herget. Today we're going to be talking about judging. And what does it mean that you can't judge me? And is that out of context? Does it, uh, can we actually judge someone else? Well, it's wrong if we do, according to Jesus, but there's a real twist on really what does that mean? And that's what we're focusing in on today. I've been accused of that. Anytime you take a stand for something uh, and oppose anybody for anything, that's what people throw in your face. Right. Judge not, lest you be judged. Right. Well, we got to figure out the difference between judgment, which is wrong, and discernment, which is wise. Well, and, and here's the thing. Every day, every day someone judges someone. Every day you judge someone. Every day you out there judge someone. Because here's what we do. We look at someone, and I think the word discernment is fantastic, because you look at someone and you go, hey, uh, what you are doing is fill in the blank and, and you're making a judgment. Now I used to tell people, uh, and here's what's interesting. If you go to court, you are judged by 12. You want them to judge you fairly, but you want them to judge you. Yep. Judge your innocence or judge the guilt of a you person. You want a good judge. You want a good judge. And you want the judge to have the facts. If you are on the innocent side so <laughs> yeah only if you're innocent. i was on the non-innocent side and so i know both sides of this aisle i didn't even think about that yeah if you are innocent you want him to have the facts if you're <laughs> all right so at any rate uh but you said it right there and here's what god means we are to judge someone we judge someone every day but we're to judge them based on facts, not stereotype. Yeah, righteous judgment. Righteous judgment. But in this passage, it is taken out of context all the time. Uh, uh, because all people say, well, you can't judge me because they want freedom to do whatever sin they want. Well, it's in Matthew chapter 7, but let's pray and then we'll get in it. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you and love you. Father, thank you for this time. Help us to read your word, see your word, discern your word correctly. And Father, that we would understand in context uh, what you mean. Father, we thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, as we look at this, Matthew 7, chapter 1, judge not uh, that you be not judged. Or judge not lest you be judged, which is King James. And, and when we look at this, by the way, it's a great piece from the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus was teaching a multitude of... It's his greatest sermon. It was his greatest sermon. I would say a multitude of ideas, but a multitude of... He had a lot uh, of topics. He had a lot of, a lot of topics on this. So, and they're all very practical, how to get through life, how to work with people uh, to make things work. Yeah. Very practical. And, and this passage is 
literally misunderstood, misapplied by Christian and non-Christian alike. Yeah, I have a personal side of this. I'm a new believer back in the early 70s. I'm getting God's word in my heart. I'm trying to stand up for Jesus and, you know, confront people with their need for Jesus. And I had this thrown in my face, judge not unless you be judged. I was crushed because I'm nobody to judge anybody. It was the furthest thing from my mind to judge anybody. I just want them to find Jesus as their savior and have an everlasting life and go to heaven. Right. You know, uh, but, but to tell someone they're guilty of sin, you're judging them. Yeah. Yeah. And, I was, it wasn't a specific sin. It was just right. like, hey, for all the sin to come short of the glory of God, right. there's a remedy for sin. The remedy right. is Jesus. Judge not lest you be judged. I was crushed because I don't want to judge anybody. Who do I think I am? I'm nobody. But it, see, I realized that I, uh, there was a difference between discernment. My discernment was they did not know Jesus. Mm-hmm. And uh, then they accused me of judging. It wasn't judgment at all. It was perception. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the that's the difference. Judgment, in my view, would be this: I'm coming to a conclusion to something without having the information. And when you judge that way, oftentimes you're really embarrassed when you get the information. Right. And I've also learned that you got to be careful where you get the information from, because you can get the information from a non credible source. I've realized a lot of times people are really angry or not really credible. And so I've learned to be very cautious on all this stuff. I want to get the facts. I'm not the judge. I have the facts. And God is the judge. God has told us in his word what is right, what is wrong. And when we have that in our heart and we see violation and we call it out, that is not judgment. So I made this judgment without the facts. I saw this lady one time and I said, uh, Oh, when are you due? Never did that again. (laughs) She goes, she goes, do for what? And I go, the baby, I'm not pregnant. Woo. You better get (laughs) a shudder. (laughs) I thought I did every bonehead thing in the world, Johnny, but there's still one I haven't done yet, but I think I have learned from your mistake. I ain't going there. (laughs) So here's the thing. You know how, you know how, (laughs) God just graced the humble. That was one of the humblest things uh, I've ever heard. (laughs) You know how, you know how women, uh, their navel will stick out when they reach a certain, the any becomes an Audi. Yeah. The any becomes an Audi. I don't talk about it. Okay. And and they had it on a tight shirt and I thought, okay, there's, there's the Audi. She got (laughs) that's judgment. That's (laughs) you paid for it. That is a beautiful example of judgment. Judge not lest you be judged. Yes, and you deserve that too. And I, dude, I swore because of the Audi. I, I swore. I was like, she's got to be pregnant. There's the Audi. There's my evidence. <laughs> it was so bad. I don't know if I'd, re- who had <sighs> not want to be most, her or you. It was terrible. Ooh. It was terrible. Yes. So then I realized that the Audi is not a fact of pregnancy. <laughs> yes. Study harder and keep your mouth shut, John. It was such a bad day. Oh, my goodness. So <clears throat> with that being said, uh, now we have the example of, of what <laughs> judging without the facts you looks like. You judged. I judged. Man, but I just knew I was right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And I was wrong. Yep. Stuart Weber has a commentary. I think he gives an excellent 
definition or he defines this really well in his statement. And he says uh, about Matthew 7, 1, do not judge others until you are prepared to be judged by the same standard. And then when you exercise judgment toward others, do it with humility. That's, that's what I was trying to say. <laughs> you don't have to be smart. You just find smart people. You just find them, smart. You know? Yeah. That, that, that's what I thought I would do is just go ahead and find somebody <laughs> smart and quote them. Um, so, all right. So Jesus said, <clears throat> judge not lest you be judged. And, and it wasn't, uh, when he said it, it wasn't a, a, a blanket rule that people were never to judge one another. Remember we were talking earlier uh, that you do, you make a discernment, you make a judgment because uh, when you look at someone, you, you're going to come to a conclusion. Yeah, there's another verse where the Bible says, if you see your brother's sin, a sin unto death, that we're responsible to kind of confront them with them. Not kind of. Yeah, we're commanded. We're commanded to yes, call sir. them out. Yeah. Now, people don't like that. Uh, I think uh, the biggest reason, and which Stuart said, Weber, that we do it with humility. Not only do we approach people with humility, but we got to be humble when we're approached. I think of, I think of when Nathan went to Daniel or David, I'm sorry, King David and said, uh, David, let me tell you the story about the lamb. And, mm. and, and Daniel gets upset and he's like, surely that David, man, David got upset. What did I say? Daniel. Again. I keep saying, Dan- <laughs> I'm going to cut this far. Let me out. pull you out of the ditch. <laughs> Nathaniel comes to David, tells him a story about the rich man who had the lamb uh, he stole the lamb from the poor guy. Guy right. only had one lamb, and right. the rich guy stole it. Had a big party, fed his buddies, which will be done to him. Right. Okay. Now you're back on okay, track. Now, <laughs> I'm not judging you, John. <laughs> I'm perceiving. I can't even believe. Okay. So, what? Uh, when? When David? <laughs> when David was told about the lamb, and David started passing judgment on the man. And then Nathan said, David, you're the man. Mm-hmm. And the humility of the king. Here you have a prophet telling Coming to the king. To the yeah. And he'd been a really, really good king up until that one yep. incident. Golly. Right? And yet David's response. Such humility. Yeah. And God gives grace to the humble. humble. Yeah. David was broken, Psalm 32, right. Psalm 51, two of the greatest psalms that are probably most helpful for sinners trying to get right, get right with God. Mm-hmm. And he, he, he humbled himself. So that humility is key, whether you are being accused of judgment or if, if somebody's confronting you mm-hmm. always in all things with humility. God gives grace to the humble. Well, and I think, I think okay, so you go to someone in humility to say, look, you know, what you're doing is wrong. And then when someone does that, you have to have the humility to go, you're right. I remember my pastor, when I was a new believer, he really discipled me well. He was like a father to me. I'd come into his office, and he would start out things by saying, you know, I love you like a son. I'm like, okay. That's when you knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. But I also knew he loved me. I also knew he wanted what was best for me. So that was already, that was never in doubt. And so I would just kind of brace myself a little bit, and he would say, well, I, I've, I've seen you. And uh, it wasn't any blatant sin or anything like right. that, but it was uh, 
where I needed to have somebody that was wiser than me come to me, put their arm around me. And there again, I, I always received it, but I received it because he proved his love to me. Right. So I realized that if I'm going to really help people, I need to love them uh, unconditionally and, and establish the good ground so that when I do come to them, they also will know that I'm not trying right. to hurt them. I'm not right. trying to put them down to lift myself up. I'm just trying right. to help them. And so the spirit of this is everything. Mm-hmm. And But here's today. Today, for some reason, because we live in such an entitlement mentality, oh, yeah. today you are great friends, and then you approach them and call them out, and all of a sudden they hate you because you've embarrassed yeah. them. And it's like, come on, man, I'm not, I wouldn't do that. But the humility in people today is pretty rare. Yeah, I remember having that kind of arrogant spirit back in my day, the hippie days. Uh, uh, Steppenwolf uh, pusher album on the backside. They had a <laughs> song called Power Play. And I kind of oh. wrote some lyrics. Who gave you the power to stand there and tell me what to do? You know, right? And so anybody trying to help me, I just judged them and right. leave me alone. And so I was on the dark side of this when people were trying to help me. And if you're not humble, nobody can right. help you. Well, and and here Matthew seven one through three really sums it up says in seven one, judge not lest uh lest you I'm reading King James here, judge not that you be not judged, verse two, for with what judgment you judge you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And You're so gonna reap what you sow. Be fair, be honest, because the way you dish it out, that's the way it's gonna come back. And then verse three says and then Jesus says, Okay, let me really put this in perspective for you. Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but you do not consider the plank in your own eye? See, this is uh, kind of one of those sifter uh, principles. It, what you see on the front side of this is it really exposes what's underneath. Right. If we have a, a spirit of humility, we will everything we share will be to try to lift people up. But if not, aha, I found something wrong with you and I'll point it out. Well, it's like, yeah, nobody, nobody listens to that. Right. And, and here's the other thing. Now, Jesus is very specific here talking to the Christian, very specific, but the principle can be applied to anyone. Absolutely. The, the principle, I, it's so funny when I, when I ride motorcycle, I think I've shared this before when I ride motorcycle, I like, I wear uh, black boots because I got to, you know, it's my, my gear. And so it's black boots, uh, black leather boots, leather chaps, leather coat, uh, dark shades, you know, I'm all black and, and black and I'll go into a store. And if a mother's in there with her daughter, I'll watch her grab her daughter and pull her close to her. And you know, oh, no. she, you know what she just did? She judged you. She just judged me. Based on the color of your of your uh, outfit, my, that's it. That is it, and and that's that's what God says. Oh no no no, you don't do that because you you have no facts. But if you're going to judge someone, which we do every day, even in the scriptures, it says you'll know them by their fruit. That means we're going to look at someone, we're going to watch their lifestyle, and you're going to make a judgment on them whether they're uh, or who they are, what they are morally. Uh, what their character is like, you, you're you going to know this based on their fruit. That is how you are to judge. But the first thing that you are to do is 
man, you better, you better look at yourself and examine yourself before you start attacking or going after yeah. someone else. Because we have this tendency that, listen, oh, your sin is bad. Well, unless I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden yeah. you're bad, but I'm not. And and I don't, it, that's that's the crazy part about this. Uh, my my pastor used to say, uh, "If you sin like I sin, we're going to get along just fine." <laughs> you know, we there's really two different worlds. You pointed out the the world and and in the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, in the family of God, I want to grow. I'm yeah. not satisfied with who I am yet. I've not arrived. The apostle Paul said, uh, I count not myself to have apprehended. I look way up to him. And yet he said, Hey, I got a long way to go. So in the, in the Christian world, we're always trying to be improving. If somebody is, is, is sinning a sin uh, under death, you, you confront them, you help them. And we, we, that's part of our culture. Somebody's, Hey, 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 pastor, can I talk? Uh, I noticed something and then I've had people share things with me. I didn't even know. Right. Uh, I remember saying, uh, using a, a term that in Ohio growing up, I used to call this my little brothers, my dumb little brothers, this name. And it just, never, it was just like being dumb or stupid or something, which is not, I mean, that's what brothers do to their little right. brothers. <laughs> I love my brothers. They knew that, but I used that same term in New York that in Ohio didn't mean anything, but in New York, it meant something really, really dirty, really bad. And I had no clue. I was new to New York and I had a real sweet gal and her husband come to me. And after the service, well, well, pastor, we know you grew up in Ohio and you probably used a word here that I think you probably wouldn't want to use in the future. And I had no clue what they were talking about. So they, use the term. And I'm like, yeah, I said that. And they said, well, what does that mean in Ohio? And I told them and they said, that's not what it means. And like, I was so embarrassed. You see, that's God's kingdom. Right. These people love me. I love them. They wanted the best for that's me. Right. And in humility, they came to me and shared. And something. in humility, you responded. And in humility, I responded. And we correct. We never made that pro- Never made that same uh, uh, mistake again. So the, the beautiful thing about this and what what Jesus is talking about is the purpose of judging someone else's weaknesses is to help them. So it's no longer a weakness, but a strength where they, where they'll be stronger and better for it. First Corinthians five twelve, And that's really what they were doing for you mm-hmm. is they were, they were strengthening you. They were saying, Hey, this is a weakness. You need to fix it because in New York, this isn't good. It's a big error, <laughs> right? Well, all Buckeye boys need to learn. We're not in Ohio anymore. First right. Corinthians five twelve. For what have I to do with judging those also who are outside? Do you not judge those who are inside? And so we are to judge. That's outside is outside in the world. Inside is in the church. Yes, sir. And what we are to do, what he's saying is, listen, we judge those on the inside to help them be stronger so that they can survive better on the outside and be exemplary of Christ. I think we could put it in this terminology humbly helping others to grow. Yeah. But if we're pride and I don't, who do you think you are telling me that? And uh, then we're just, we're just missing. Oh yeah. You, who are you to judge me? Why you can't judge me. You don't have the right to judge. Only God can judge me. There's That's another verse uh, that comes to my mind and I'm getting old enough. Now I can always, I cannot always remember where things are at, but it says in humility, instructing those that oppose oh, themselves. Yeah, yeah. If peradventure God would grant them repentance to the acknowledgement of the truth. So the spirit in which we do things, if I'm, if I'm discerning something in somebody's life, this, those people did to me, that's, that that's not good. 
wasn't a deep sin, but it was a mistake. I'm not in Ohio and I'm in New York. And it came to me in humility and it, it just improved it improved uh my my walk and it proved their love toward me. They yeah. didn't judge me and to put me down and, and their love for God. Dad. Yeah, they didn't go to everybody, do you hear what Pastor Duke right. said? I can't believe it. He would have more sense than that. They they came in humility and brokenness and they, they fixed it. Well, the it problem. didn't take long for them to realize you didn't have more sense. Than and then <laughs> then the next week, the same crowds gathered again for another Bible study. And I went back and said, you know, last week, uh, being a Buckeye, Dude, I used this so phraseology. Awesome. And there were some sweet, wonderful, godly people that came to me immediately afterwards. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And they shared with me this term that I used last year that is really off color in New York or in Ohio. We never even thought about it. It didn't mean that in Ohio. Everybody knew mm. what I was talking about. But it was, not only was it a correction, it was an edification. It was an edification because I could brag on those people. We're trying to help me, and they did help me. I was able to brag on them, and they could see my humility. Not only did I receive it when they brought it to my attention, but I, I made it public. You fixed it. I fixed it. Yep. And, yep. Uh, well, we'd say Jesus fixed it. Right. But when we have that right spirit in uh, and, and meekness and quietness and humility— then Satan doesn't get that upper hand on us. Well, well, that's just the way it is. I'm from Ohio. If you don't like it, you can lump it. You know, right? I, I, I actually had that same thing happen to me when I was I was preaching one time and I, I misspoke, and afterwards I was corrected. And then the following week, because I and I went home and investigated it. You know, I, I mean, I received it with meekness. Play back the tape. Oh, I can't believe I said that. And I went back the following week, and I said, hey, guys, before we go on, I need to make a correction. Mm-hmm. I yeah. told you such and such, but I was wrong, and it means this and this. And, dude, people receive that well. They love that, as a matter of fact. And it just helps your leadership. Because yeah. the humility brings it goes a long way. You know, it's like a bone that's been broken in your arm. If it's set properly, when it heals, the bone actually thickens in that spot. It's called a callus. And you look at it under the um, x-ray, you can see where it had been broken. And now that spot that was broken is now and forevermore the strongest part of that the bone. bone. Yep, That's what Jesus is talking about here. Judge not lest you be. It's like, here's a little situation, come to a little conflict, uh, a sin that's not a sin unto death, but it's like we, we need to get over this. So we see it happening in humility. We go to people with the information. The information is God's word. Right. They perceived, I said this. Right. They perceived, right. I did this. It's, they're not making a judgment. God's word made the judgment. And if, if well, people... And that's, and that's why this is so important to understand it, that Jesus was talking very specific to the believers yes. because the non-believers don't care what Jesus has to say. Yeah. They don't care. They don't care. So so Jesus comes along and he says this. Now as believers, we can take the word of God and say, listen, God's called me to help you in this area. The biggest thing is, is that we judge from a position of humility. That's the biggest thing. We have to judge, which we're going to. Everyone judges. We can say we don't. That, that makes you a liar. Everyone, everyone judges uh, someone. The right spirit. And the right information as much as possible. That's what you want. Yeah. That is what you want. And so when Jesus makes a statement, judge not lest you be judged, he literally zeroed in on the problems of hypocrisy and self-centeredness. Uh, yeah. Jesus was so profound. Just take that little phrase, and it just exposes so much. It exposes your attitude. It, right. 
it's oh, what a savior. Yeah, because what he does here is he 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 compared the differences between the giant logs that blind our eyes, right? And then and meanwhile we have a laser where we find fault on on someone else's shortcomings, and we want to point those little shortcomings out like they're the log in our eye. Mm -hmm. And God's like Jesus says, "Wait a minute, that's not how you judge." You judge with humility. You go to them humbly. Alone. Alone. And then if they don't hear, then you take someone else with them. And then if they don't hear, then you kick their butt. I mean, then you take, take it to the church, Johnny. <laughs> then you take In it Ohio, to the church. Ohio. Yeah. This is New York. Yeah, this is take New York. Take it to the church. And then after the church, then you kick. No, then you. Anyway. But it's the, the whole idea here is where God says, listen, uh, it is humility. And humility literally is the mega theme, the mega theme throughout Christ's Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the humble. Blessed are the pure. Blessed are the lowly in spirit. Blessed are the... It's humility. And I think humility is comes upon us when we see the awesomeness and the vastness of God, the omnipotence, all-knowing, omnipotence, all-powerful, omniscience, all-knowing, immutable, unchanging, eternal God. And then just a natural response to that is, wow, I'm not so big. Right. <laughs> wow, what a God. Amazing grace, how sweet to sound. So if that's the prevailing spirit of our life, we're not going to be out hurting people right. on, on uh, 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 uh. but uh, the spirit in which we're bringing this lesson today is for, uh, I think, maybe perhaps a, a, a Christian who is humble, who does want to help people, who is willing to be salt and light, uh, bring something to a lost person, and the lost person doesn't want to hear it, and then they throw it back in their innocent face. Judge not lest you be judged. But that's not judgment at all. It is not. Matthew 5, 7 through 11 you're, we're going to see here that Jesus encourages his followers, the Christians, excuse me, to show uh, to show mercy and to cultivate peace and bless those who who persecute them. So, uh, I want you to see here in five seven through eleven: Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. There you go. Every one of those from the position of humility and you shall be exalted and you that humble himself shall be exalted in due season. And, and I think what happens, most Christians miss the very fact of humility. One of the things I will say, and I say this shamedly, honestly, embarrassingly, I say this, uh, and I don't understand this. I've never understood it, but why is it that Christians will persecute, prosecute and destroy their own, but to the world, let it go. Yeah, I, I don't get it, man. When it should be the exact opposite, uh, man, a Christian will judge another Christian to destruction. Yeah. I pondered that for many years, and I've come to the conclusion that a lot of times people, even after they profess Christ, and, and really do believe, but they're so 
non-biblical in their thinking, and they're so insecure in their own personage. Is that a word? I make yeah, up uh, words all the yeah, time. Make it up. They're so insecure, <laughs> and they, they're trying to be something that probably they're not, but what they don't realize is they are somebody just right. in Christ alone. They're fearfully and wonderfully made. And when people begin to have that biblical self-awareness that I'm a child of God, I've been chosen to be ambassador for Christ, he's given me spiritual gifts and to for the purpose of edifying the body. So with my gift, if I don't have the tr- if I'm not in integrated into the church, I'm not going to be able to exercise my gift right. and be a blessing. I see people that are so insecure and so defensive and and so weak, and they're just everything ticks them off, and they're uh, they're just yeah, uncomfortable. You, I I have come to the conclusion that I understand why they are like that, and you'll agree with me that you will agree with me that one of the biggest reasons why why Christians are like that. They don't read the word of God. They don't know the word of God. So therefore they really don't even know God and their insecurity comes from ignorance. And they're trying to use perhaps little religious overtures to make them feel better. Right. And Christianity is not us acting like Jesus. Christianity is Jesus in us being himself. Yeah. And uh, when we're trying to act like Jesus, we're in our own power and fail (laughs) but when we received him to them he gives power to become the sons of god so this is one of those uh points of reference that kind of manifests on the outside what really is or is lacking on the inside and i think more more lacking than anything especially in today's society um jesus says in matthew 5 20 that our righteousness Uh, to enter the kingdom of heaven. Let me read it. It says, for I say to you that unless, that's a key word, for I say to you, who's you, you would be the uh, disciples that he's talking to here, which really is to us as well because we're disciples. So he says, for I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes, which is huge, and the Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. And so what he's talking about here is your righteousness has to be from me, not from religion. Yeah, those guys are miserable failures. Because it was so evident to the humble to see these guys are religious idiots. That, and that's what, <laughs> that's what they were. They're just in it for themselves to get rich, to yeah. use God to make themselves look good and then judge others. Like, right. oh, look, I'm glad I'm not like those sinners. They, they prayed openly. And that is what the problem with today is because people today don't know Jesus any more than these scribes and Pharisees know, knew Jesus back then. And, and they would, we're the religious leaders, we're the example, and next thing you know, they're judging unjustly. And Jesus says, listen, you know what? Unless your righteousness exceeds their righteousness, which means if you're not in me, you you have no hope. Yeah, you're just lost in your sin. As, as uh, Pastor Brothers, uh, my, uh, my pastor in North Carolina, as he would always say, they're lost as Hogan's goat. <laughs> No one knows who who's Hogan's goat is. No, but I've had goats, and they can get really lost. <laughs> they can get really, Can't keep them in either. Exactly. So they get really. At any rate, I thought. Uh, so so the Pharisees and the teachers um, of the law they were considered 
uh, to be the pinnacle of moral integrity at the time, but the reality is they weren't. All on the outside. It was all on the outside. Whitewashed tombs, but on the inside, dead men's bones. Jesus has pointed us to our pointing out our depravity and our need for a supernatural rebirth on the inside. Yeah. So Jesus, of course, obviously he sees through their, the veneer of the reality of their self-righteousness, self-pride, um, uh, their moral bankruptcy. He, he gets all that. And so then Jesus challenges uh, the people to not retaliate to someone that's wronged them. Now we got to be humble and receive and not retaliate. Just let them play their little religious games. You can't fix stupid. How many times have you went to someone though and you said, "Hey, let me let me help you. I've noticed that when when, you know, when you do this or this, your attitude is such and such." Yeah, well, you're like right? And then all yeah. of a sudden they unload to pull out your weaknesses. Yeah. I remember another sacred experience in my life. I was about a year into my pastorate. I was happily married and to, I married like you, John, I married way up. And yeah. I have a, a beautiful wife. And uh, so my pastor from Ohio was up staying with us, doing a conference for us. And uh, he pulled me aside. <laughs> this is like eight, 10 years into my, he'd been mentoring me now. And, you know, I love you like a son. And uh, oh boy, here it goes. I thought, I, I, thought <laughs> I grew out of that. And he said to me in, in real humility and Duke, he goes, I know you love your wife with all your heart. He goes, but I don't think you're aware of this. He goes, uh, you are so excited about what you're doing and what you think. And you just kind of abruptly talk over her and like, just shut her off, shut her off. And I'm thinking, no, I don't. (laughs) So I'm thinking, I'll keep my mouth shut. (laughs) When did I do that? And I'm like, wow, pastor, I, I'm not aware of that. I said, like, like when? He was prepared. <laughs> he pulled out a little sheet of paper. He goes like, well. And he says, we were at the dinner table last night, and we were talking about this. I remembered. And then she said this, and I remembered. And he said, you just took off. And I'm like, guilty. Mm. And then he read another one and another one and another one. And I realized this man really loves me. I had a blind spot. It wasn't evil but it was definitely not It needed good. fixed. It needed mm-hmm. fixed. It and needed my wife fixed. is humble, and she's not going to, especially in public, get in my face. And how come you don't care about what I say? You always cut me off. She she didn't do that. She loved God. She loved me and probably way more than I deserved. But see, that's that's where God can bring correction and improvement and refinement in our life. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit. He's going to use people to help that process along if we're humble. If we're humble. And... And not retaliate because some people want to retaliate. Matthew 5 9 says, But I tell you not to resist an evil person, but whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. And it's just, you're, you're not going to attack, is what he means here. And those are people that have bad intentions. Right. We don't retaliate. What, what do we do with people who have good intentions? In brokenness and humility, we receive. God gave us two ears and only one mouth. Well, the other thing that Jesus challenged the people to do here is to love their enemies and pray for those who persecute them. Matthew five forty four says, but I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Oh, <laughs> Jesus also said, um, 
uh, agree with those, agree with your adversaries when thou art in the way and he's against you and they bring evil accusations against you. Just agree with them. A soft answer yep. turneth away wrath. wrath. Yep. And sometimes if I perceive somebody just trying to turn me down, I'll just agree with them. Like, yeah, I'm, I, I got a long, long way to go. I'm not the Christian I want to be. I saw that when I was at working at a workshop in Ohio. I'd been saved about a year and I was working with the handicap. I was a supervisor and we had a guy that was a kind of a half step above me on staff. I was just a common uh, floor supervisor, a lowly man. Uh, and <laughs> I, was I, was, a low, I was a low life with a broom. <laughs> <laughs> but I was happy. I was on my way to heaven, and uh, I was growing. And well, this guy just was, real quick, do you realize the most important person in the world is the janitor? People don't realize that, though, until they sit down, have finished number two, reach for something to help yes. clean it up, yeah. and there's nothing there. Yes, they, the janitor's a very important man. Now, all of a sudden, the janitor's the most important person ever. <laughs> we had a guy on our staff there that he was a professed atheist, and he had an attitude. He was arrogant, and I just really did not like him, and he really did not like me. And he, he would get in my face. He was so rude. And uh, I, he would hear me witnessing to other people at lunch, whatever. I never did it on work time. I worked on work time, and in a downtime, if somebody had a question, I'd answer him. And he just had an attitude towards, uh, towards me. And he got in my face one day and just said a bunch of really rotten things. And just God gave me grace in that moment. I just looked him in the eye and said, "Wow." You are so right. I got a million miles to go. And I said, I appreciate you pointing out these uh, weaknesses in my life, and I'm, I'm going to take them to heart and uh, with your help, uh, I'm, I'm going to change some of these things. And I said, you know, maybe six months from now, if you want to come up alongside me and say, hey, Duke, uh, you ain't doing so good, buddy, I, I'd ask you to do that. Or perhaps you would say, hey, you know what? I think you're trying hard, dude. And he was speechless. Right. He was speechless. But it was amazing. Some things took place after that. Our The hostility between us seemed to ease up. Came down, yeah. And then when I left to go to Bible college, he pulled me aside. And he goes, remember we had that little conflict? I'm like, yeah. He goes, you blew my mind by the way you handled that. That's it. I said, well, I was praying that I did. He goes, I'm not ready to be a Christian. He goes, but he said, you really got me uncomfortable with being an atheist and he goes i just want to thank you and he said i think you wow. i think that our spending these months together working he goes i think there was a reason for it thank you jesus but you see that is the positive side right what we're talking about right. here that is the, no, well, i tell you the times when i did it right yeah. <laughs> you get all day the other you time when you got it wrong yes yeah, so i'll tell you my good side <laughs> well but that's what it is literally when you don't retaliate because Jesus challenged the people. Don't retaliate. He challenged them to love their enemies. Beautiful example of that. Uh, and then he challenged them to model themselves after the Father. Yes. The Heavenly the Father. Yeah. yeah. Matthew five forty eight. Therefore, you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. That word means mature. Mature. But we are to model ourselves after the Father. And when we do that, it starts changing everything. But then he goes on and he challenges us to go even one step further, which I will be, I'll tell you what I find is that this is very difficult for the world to do. And that is the last point that he challenges the people to do. And that's in Matthew six fourteen and 15. He challenges them to forgive those who sinned against them. 
If you don't got it, you can't give it. Oh, man, people die in this, and, and this unforgiveness in their heart absolutely is a cancer that will destroy them. And he says here, uh, Jesus says in Matthew 6, 14 and 15, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Now, let, let me help you understand this. This is not a make it or break it in heaven because remember, Jesus is talking to the Christian, the ones who are already saved. So this isn't like, oh, if you forgive them for doing you wrong, you're going to heaven. No, there's only one way to heaven, and that's through Jesus. You've got to believe Jesus Christ is the Savior, your Savior, and that he died on the cross, he rose again on the third day, and he's, he's at the right, he conquered death and hell, and he's at the right hand of the Father. That's what gets you to heaven when you believe it in your heart, not your head. This passage here is not about getting into heaven. This literally is about your Father forgiving you. Yeah, it's talking about heaven getting in us. While we're oh, on earth. Oh, what a beautiful way to put it. Accidents dude, do happen, John. You know. Dude. Yeah, that was that hippie coming out. Dude, love. Yeah, like, man, <laughs> gotta get heaven in us, man. That's right. <laughs> but that's what it is. The Holy Spirit exactly is a little piece is. of heaven here. I think in the world, you know, judge not listen. And then, you know, who do you think you are? Tell me what to do. Well, I know. And you get this war that and it, things go from bad to worse. Right. And who do you think you are? And, and, and just turns into chaos. But in Christ, it turns into something beautiful. It's like, wow, thank you for pointing that out. Uh, even if they're wrong, even if they judge you, so what? It doesn't make any difference. I'm going to respond the same way. And if they're wrong, that's their problem. I'm just going to, like, I'm not going to judge them. Well, who are you? I'm just going to just receive it in meekness, take it to the Lord and see what the Father, uh, what he's trying to teach me. And when it happens this way, as Jesus speaks, among the brethren, our bonds just get stronger and stronger. We've had that in our relationship these last 12, 15 years. Mm -hmm. You know, we've, 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 yeah, uh, be this year, this, this, uh, 2021 will be 15. You know, we've, we've rubbed elbows and, and disconnected a little, a spot here or there. And because we love one another, we spoke openly about it. Mm -hmm. And that just made our relationship stronger and stronger. Yeah. And that's how God works. He just, yeah. I, I wrote a statement down here and I underlined it. It's a, uh, a faithful servant of God will see himself as accurately as he sees others. Ooh, that's good. Mm, that's good. Read that again, Johnny. A faithful servant of God will see himself as accurately as he sees others. That's beautiful. And I and 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 I I made sure I put this down because I didn't want to forget it. You know, sometimes you get these great thoughts at night, and if you don't write them down they're by gone. morning, they're gone. And I thought, man, I better get this one down. Yeah, three cups of coffee can't always bring those back. <laughs> That's right. A faithful servant of God will see himself as accurately as he sees others. And, and guys, I'm just going to tell you, that is exactly what Jesus meant when he said, judge not, lest you be judged. That's exactly what he meant. That's as personal and as deep and, and, and as real as it is you're going to get anywhere. And, it, and it's simple. Yeah. It, it's, a, it's a simple thing. And uh, we just have, if we walk, face each day in a knowledge of a, a, the grace of God, be amazed at his grace. We go in life, we're representing him. We don't have all knowledge, but he does. He knows what's right from wrong. He instructed us. Then we go in through life, we have these little conflicts. And in the world, those conflicts will tear you down. But in Christ, he uses them to build us up. Yeah, I, um, a faithful servant 
realizes his own sinfulness and also recognizes uh, God's grace and mercy and his, and, and his need for God's grace and mercy. And when we truly understand that, we'll give that. When people came to the Apostle Paul and tried to really build him, Paul, you rock, you're amazing. You know, your testimony is crazy out of Damascus Road, and you built this church, and you built that church, and you're awesome. And Paul said, uh, are you talking about me? <laughs> I count not myself to have apprehended. I'm glad you feel that way about me, but if anything that's good in me is Christ. I can't take credit for the things that he's done. So you see that that Holy Spirit in people. Uh, uh, Philippians 2, 3. In Philippians 2, 3, uh, the faithful servant also has no reason to consider himself better than someone else. Verse 3, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. There you go. Spirit of Jesus. That's what it is. It really is. And, and Paul got that. He understood that. That's what you were talking about when they were like, Paul, you've done all this. And Paul's going, oh, wait a minute. Let me help you out here. Uh, you help me accomplish these things. Yeah. You know, um, uh, I'm not, he, he just, Paul had it right. And I think with our spirit of humility, when we judge someone, we judge them with compassion and understanding and patience, helping them to get where they need to be rather than condemning, condemning them for where they are. I think judgment might put it this way. Judgment is when you try to put somebody else down to lift yourself up. And the spirit of Christ is opposite of that. Yeah. Humans have a tendency to, uh, these are one of my notes here, humans have a tendency to take spiritual truth and twist it into hypocritical superiority as the Pharisees did. I'd like to apply this That's principle. We we yeah. I'd like to apply this principle to just ministry in general. I, I've had moments of my life in early days, especially where I, I was so gung-ho and built a great church, win many people to Christ. And those are great things. But sometimes they can become your ambition instead of just simply glorifying God. Yes. I felt I, for a while I was guilty of using people to try to achieve my ministry goals so I can be somebody among the brethren. Boy, God! Boy, don't we know that. people like that? Yeah, God, he, he, he. Uh, There's one me. north of you like that. <laughs> Might be. <laughs> Maybe south of you too, <laughs> and east and west. Uh, well, I just don't want to be that. I don't want to use people. I want to edify. I want to build. <laughs> I'm sorry, brother. Up. That was a uh, Johnny's got a lot of information. <laughs> he knows that I swam through some uh, some religious cesspools. Of, Dude, you right? Uh, of, and I just and all learn of from your that. grace, man. I'm going to tell you. I'll tell you guys out there, uh, those that are listening today, uh, Duke, brother, you show humility and love and compassion, and uh, people that have. Sp- despitefully used you you have given grace and mercy to and it shows and obviously i said what i said because i know things uh nobody else knows my joke that you but you do <laughs> anything <laughs> but less, your grace has been amazing well, my grace is your humility him. your yeah, humility his, my grace is his but you know anything less than humility is is insanity yep. think about it yep oh and it, because it, it dude right we go crazy yeah, anything less than true humility is insanity. Yeah. I'm not trying to become anybody. I am somebody in right. Christ. Uh, well, you I, know, only the only the people that lose control and go to that insanity are people who either have no identity in Christ or they've lost their identity yeah, in Christ. That's it. 
and they're trying to be somebody. And and you know, I, I remember trying to find my wallet. Don't my wife? But, but if you want to, if you want to be first, you got to be last. There you go. I remember having, I couldn't find my wallet. It's not where I put it. Where did you put it? And she, I didn't touch your wallet. Yeah, you did. And, and I was <laughs> blaming her and I was running around the house and looking everywhere to go. And I found it. You know, what was that? In your pocket. How did you know? <laughs> you can't find what you already got. If you don't know you got it, you're a mess. So we, we are, we ha, we're children of God. Let that sink right, in. Let just be sell right. in a spirit right. of celebration. I'm his ambassador. I'm, I'm right. redeemed. I have eternal life. And then you're not out trying to prove yourself to anybody. You're not trying to be somebody that you're not. You're not trying to put anybody down because you're just amazed at who you are in Christ. Right. And we don't play these games. Yeah. My brother was, he was telling me about, uh, he and his wife, he get, he, his wife was scurrying around the house, just round around or going everywhere, going crazy looking and and he comes home and, and he says uh what are you doing she goes i can't find my glasses anywhere and she goes on a whole rant about her glasses and she just keeps walking and looking and searching and looking at everything and he goes they're on your head <laughs> she's like i just spent an hour looking for these <laughs> you can't find what you already got oh my goodness it's so funny well and one of the things too is Man, it's our pride that makes us criticize and judge others so that we feel better about yeah. ourselves. And uh, James warns believers about that in James 4, 11, and 12. He says, Do not speak evil of one another, brethren. He who speaks evil of a brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy who are you to judge another? And and what he's literally saying here is uh, he starts out with 11, don't speak evil of one another. That's where it comes from. It, th this judging is coming. He's talking about don't judge from, with a sinful attitude. That, that This is what James said. Like, dude, if your attitude is sinful and you're trying to be better than someone else and make them look worse than you, uh, that is speaking evil of another. And who are you to judge the law? Now you're judge the law. Who are you? you have no right to judge someone else. Yeah, if we're coming in from a spirit of our own self-will, we'll be stupid. Yeah. But if we come in in the spirit of Christ, we'll appear to be wise. Paul cautioned believers in Romans 2, 1 through 3. Therefore, you are inexcusable, O man, whoever you are who judge, for in whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. That's, see, it's not that you can't judge someone. It's just you're inexcusable because you're judging someone else and condemning them for the same thing you're doing. He says, but we know that the judgment of God is according to truth against those who practice such things. And you, uh, he goes on here and he says in verse three, and you do the, and, and do you think this, O man, you who judge those practicing such things and doing the same that you will escape the judgment of God? Who do you, do you really think you're better than them that you're going to get away with this? James kind of talks about looking into the, the, the mirror of God's word. And we, we look into the word of God and it points out that, you know, that beam oh, the, the, the beam, right. Right. And, and so Paul goes on in Romans, uh, that was Romans two, one through three in Romans, uh, 14, four, he says, who are you to judge a, another man's servant to his own master? He stands or falls. Indeed, he will be made to stand for God is able to make him stand. Why are you condemning him when he's standing in God or standing in Christ? 
God will take care of him. God will do, God will deal with that. But who are you is again, it's your, your pride, your arrogance, and you're trying to condemn someone rather than help them. Comes back to some earlier podcasts we talked about, you know, the Bible says if you walk in the spirit, you won't fulfill the law, uh, the, the lust, of the, the lust flesh. of the flesh. Part of the lust of the flesh is to be somebody above others, put them down. When, when I'm trying to put others down, I'm not really lifting myself up. No. I'm kind of just bringing myself down. Listen, you, you never help anyone when you condemn someone. Yeah. Especially to make them look bad. Yeah. Especially in public. In pu- There's a huge That's difference between public and private. And Jesus yeah. says this because it's stuff that kind of should be done in private. And if we right. do what's done, should be done in private, we do it publicly, we are an idiot. We are anti-kingdom. Well, well, and we've lost a brother. We have. We have. Um, Paul also goes on in Romans 10 through, uh, Romans 14, 10 through 13, and he says, but why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, for it is written. Now, go back up here. Why do you show contempt for your brother? That's the key, man. Why are you trying to bring him down? Why are you judging him without judging yourself? Why are you trying to make him look bad while you look good? Paul says, don't do that. And then he goes on, for we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And again, this is how we know he's talking to Christians about Christians because only Christians stand in the judgment seat of Christ. That's right. So, so we have to listen when we look at this and, and that's the thing guys, the, the biggest issue. And one of the reasons that we're doing this podcast is because people take judge, not lest you be judged. Who are you to judge me? You have no right to judge me. It's all out of context. And all we're trying to do is bring context to this issue of judging people. What gives us the right to judge someone and how we should judge them and what sh- we should be aware of uh, when we're judging and, and the things we should not do. They just want to blame us for their own sin and uh, put us down for having any desire to do anything about it. So don't fall into some kind of guilt trip because somebody said that to you. Yeah, it's it's insane. And and so Paul goes on in, in the 11, he says, For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us shall give an account of himself to God. Therefore, because, listen, we're all going to look at the judge, the real judge, Mm -hmm. the only judge that matters. And he says, therefore, let us not judge one another anymore, but rather resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or cause to fall in our brother's way. As we read this, and this is one of the things that I find really interesting. When we look at 11, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess and everyone will give an account of himself to God. So whether you're judging or whether you're being judged, you it's, it, we do it every day. And you're going to do it every day. You're going to do it with someone. But here's the difference. You do it in humility with the right spirit so that God's honored and your brother is fixed. Helped fixed, yep. Great instruction. What a savior. Man, God is so good. So uh, here's the conclusion of it all, and we will be done with this podcast. Jesus requires true followers to apply his teachings first to themselves and then to others. Listen, if you're not going to fix yourself, don't point at the wrong on someone else. You hypocrite. How dare you, right? That's what, mm-hmm. that's what Jesus says. And so uh, when God reveals his truth uh, to us, whether in Scripture or in some other way, our immediate response must be to say, 
How does this apply to me? That's the first question you ask yourself so that you can take the time to answer it before you jump out there. And then how do I uh, appropriate this truth in my own life? If you will stop and ask yourself those two questions before you jump and judge someone else, before you hunt someone down to make them feel bad or to look bad, God will use you to bring them to Jesus and to bring you closer to Jesus. So what we need to do is absolutely make sure that we are right before God before we point someone else being wrong before God. There you go. Bow, bow your heart before God before you stand before men. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope you have enjoyed this podcast. I hope it answers your question about judging people and that we shouldn't judge. And when we do judge, how we are to judge, why we are to judge, the purpose for judging, and that everyone is glorified before our Father in heaven and our Father is glorified before all men. If this has helped you, I hope you like, share, subscribe, follow, and share it with someone that you know. Until next week, God bless.